Hello and welcome to another episode of How Do Women Do It All, where we have a healthy discussion around how women juggle their busy lifestyles and if it is actually impossible to do it all. Is it possible to be a mother as well as run a business, work nine to five, stay healthy and fit while having a social life and downtime for yourself? Today I'm talking to Megan Holgate, a single mother and a divorce and narcissistic recovery coach. Welcome to the podcast and how are you today, Megan? I'm fantastic and I'm very honoured to be here and thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we'll jump right into the questions. So let's begin with a short bio. Tell me a bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you grow up. Sure. Um, I grew up in Sydney's eastern suburbs. I had an amazing childhood and I went to a beautiful um, convent school where all my friends are still some of my friends today. I began work in the financial markets as um, I started out the hard way. I didn't go to university. I started out as a secretary and made my way to become a money market foreign exchange trader, which was very exciting. I loved it. And I was fortunate to be transferred to London to follow the man I had fallen in love with and uh, who I would then go on to marry and subsequently divorce many years later. We had an exciting time in London and Hong Kong and um, I continued in the financial markets um, until um, my marriage broke up when our daughter was eight weeks old quite um, uh, abruptly, um, which is part of the reason I do what I do today. And now 20 years later, after my financial market career, I have begun my dream career of being a divorce and narcissistic recovery coach. So... Yes, that's it in a nutshell. And I'm currently residing in Byron Bay. Um, we've been here for four years. Um, my daughter's now 23, and when she was 19, she had a complete breakdown and um, nearly died from anorexia. And I sent her here to a private rehabilitation centre where now she is healed, and we're about to move back to Sydney this month, which is really exciting. And she's about to have a book published and be in the press everywhere to talk about and raise awareness on anorexia. Oh, wow. Um, I'll put some links into the podcast once that's all up and running. So hopefully we can um, bring another healthy discussion around that as well. Yeah. So um, I'd just like you just to give us a brief rundown on what an average day in your life would be. Um, at the moment in Byron Bay, no day is uh, the same. I get up early. I get up around 5.30 because I need me time. And having a daughter recovering from an eating disorder is quite demanding. Um, you're always wanting them to eat healthier. It's just really demanding, juggling everything. So I have me time, first of all. And then I always start, I respond to emails before I do anything because um, sadly, 80% of my clientele are out of the US. Uh, so a lot of the times uh, it's quite weird for me. So I tend to do a lot of work early in the morning and late at night, which I don't mind. It's so rewarding. And then my day is always planned around my daughter's um, medical appointments, therapy, whatever. Um, and then we finish the day with a nice quiet walk on the beach, which is part of uh, our healing. And then we have a really quiet night. We're very boring people. <laughs> if I don't have clients at all hours of the night. <laughs> so it kind of sounds like you do have a nice sort of balanced lifestyle at the moment, would you say? I, I, I would definitely say this has been the most balanced time in my life and it's probably been healing for myself as well because I've been a single parent just about my whole life with my daughter and 
it was nuts. <laughs> it was too busy. It was the definition of too busy. And I'm really quite fortunate that I was made redundant just before my daughter became very, very ill. And I was actually there and could see that something was not right. But when you're, you know, working in the financial markets, I was at work a lot at 5.30 in the morning. Um, you're busy or, you know, I'm taking her to school at 6.30 in the morning and then I'm going to the office and then I'm home at 7 p.m. or 7, 8 o'clock at night trying to just, you know, keep the mortgage going and keep food on the table and, you know, her private school, everything. So it's busy. It's really yeah. busy. And I had no help. Originally, when we broke up when she was eight weeks old, um, we were living in Hong Kong. And um, overnight, the marriage was over. My husband um, was living a double life. I had no idea. Um, our daughter was very much planned for, very much loved. But overnight, I fled home to Australia. And on the Qantas jet, I realised I'd lost my husband, my home, my career, my friends, everything. And um, I just had to pick up the pieces. And eventually I did. Uh, ten months later, I returned to. I was working for an amazing multinational um, Reuters, and I returned to them in Sydney. But even though I had a role created for me for three days a week, I was still having to get to work some mornings at five thirty a.m. Yeah, because it, it sounds like at this point that there wasn't a big support system around you. That didn't uh, sound no, like no support system. And my ex-husband lived in Hong Kong, so he was not supporting me at all. So I had to employ nanny. I had beautiful parents, but they, my father was sick, so they couldn't be any um, hands-on support. So I had to employ a nanny. Yeah. Um, so everything was hands-off. So um, if I wasn't at work racing around, I was at home because I was quite conscious that I wanted to be with her. Um, and I only worked three days a week, um, but that was just still full on. It was probably the hours equivalent of someone's normal five days. Yeah. And were you someone who wanted to work more or was it working was essential for living? No, no I was really quite fortunate because we had been expats overseas. So we had saved a lot of money. So I owned my own home at 28, which was so fortunate, but still in my divorce, um, my ex-husband was a narcissist and he hid a lot of our money offshore. So I missed out on a lot of money in my divorce. Every mistake possible I did because uh, unawareness. Uh, you know, I had a great lawyer, but when you're up against a narcissist, you don't know what you're dealing with. And my ex-husband was a financier. And that was the seed that was planted in me that it was so unfair because it was my money I earned that I didn't get for uh, compensated for in my divorce and I never wanted that ever to happen to another woman and that's how I created my business eventually 20 years later <laughs> um, so yeah we're going to come back to that point just so you can clarify a bit more what a narcissist is because I think a lot of people wouldn't know like the definition of that but I just want to jump into the question of do you believe women can do it all women can do it all um, I'll probably get you know struck down but only if you have a supportive partner you know there's a lot of very successful um, divorced women out there in the world and they have amazing ex-husbands they have ex-husbands that have week on week off 
they have amazing husbands that assist them when you know they need to go to America for a business trip or Melbourne for a business trip because they love the children just as much as, as we do because that's how we bring children into this world. Those women, I truly believe they can do it. I was not one of those women. And when you're married, when your ex-partner is a really unsupportive partner, you can't do it. You, you, or you can do it if you don't want to have emotionally stable children. That's my honest, honest opinion. I've got friends who have really unsupportive um, ex-partners and they have foregone fantastic careers. They've changed their working life because the utmost of importance is their children's happiness and their children's yeah. stability. And it doesn't matter how much money you bring in the door, if your children aren't stable and nurtured and loved and you spend time with them, you're not going to have you're not going to have fantastic children. Yeah. So in basically you're saying that if you don't have some sort of support system, either a like friends and family or people who can um, look after the children or even a husband or an ex-partner that can take that load off, then you'll have to give up things and there's a lot of, um, what's the word, um, compromise that you do have to give up a lot. So you can't actually do it all because you have to focus on one thing more than the other. Totally. And, you know, when I speak to this, I've got a very close friend who's exactly was in the situation as I was just basically, you know, her husband was in London, she was in Australia and she was a top lawyer. And she said, you know, to be a lawyer, she was in the office sometimes at 2am in the morning. She's got one child. You either, you off, you know, you, you hand everything off and yeah, you're a parent, but are you really a parent? You know, if you if you don't see your child throughout the whole week, you, I don't know what the reason that you have them in the first place. Um, we, you know, um, one of the things that we have in common is, we, you know, we've both got our own businesses because um, I had to leave the, my corporate role four years ago to support my daughter's um, health, and this is this was like a, a absolute blessing in disguise. But still, everything I've done is still to be supportive of my child. So years ago, you asked me previously, did I want to work or did I have to work? Well, it was a bit of both, but I only work three days a week. I really limited my financial um, future and my, my corporate future too because every role that was great that I wanted to go for was five days and they wouldn't accommodate it at all. Things have changed, but have they changed that much? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, so what advice would you give another single mother that is trying to do it all or a parent that is um, looking to start a family and um, they're wanting to know if they can do it all, if they're knowing they're going into it as a single parent? Okay. Well, I, here's a quote by the Honourable Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She's the Associate Justice of the Supreme Court in, a, in the US and she's 90. She's one of the most revered women in the world. She's top influential women. And she has said, who you marry is the most important decision not only of your life, but of your career. Because if you marry someone and you've both got corporate careers and you both you know, want to succeed, when you have children, well, 
something has to give because if you're both going to be in the office, you know, 16 hours a day, who's going to be the nurturing one? And, and quite frequently it is the, the, the mother, but more, but sometimes it's, it's the husband. So you have to have those huge discussions before you bring these children into the world. And, you know, is your husband, is he supportive? Is he kind? Is he generous? Because when you're up with a screaming baby and you have to be in the office at six o'clock in the morning, that's what you need. You need that loving, supportive human being who wants you to be a better person. But you need to have those discussions, you know, before you actually have the, the child because I don't think you can do it or when you're a single parent unless you have an amazing ex-husband. And I don't know what that's like. <laughs> so I can't speak for them and they'll probably, you know, eat me alive, but... That's my personal opinion. Um, so, yeah, if you just want to talk about um, your business, what you do, how you help people and just define narcissism a bit better just for us. Sure. Um, narcissist is a slang word for someone that's suffering from narcissistic personality disorder. It's a, um, a common um, trait. Um, it's, it's not specified to a man or a woman. Um, and what it is, it, once you see a person who actually, um, suffers from this, you will see a lot of it. Um, they're very, they're charming. They're the most, um, captivating person in the room. They're the most, um, um, very frequently, they're extremely clever, they're brilliant, they're just amazing people and they attract amazing people to them like honey to a bee. Um, they're a lot of successful people um, and so what happens, there's different phases when you meet a narcissist and the first phase is called the love bombing phase and they wrap you in this amazing cloud of love and you feel like you're like so high, you just can't believe this person is true. Normally happens quite quickly. Um, and then the second phase is the discard phase where that's normally by the time you're extremely in love or as it was with me, I was married. And then you begin a discard stage and they tend to cut you down. They start to devalue everything about you from your hair to your appearance to your, your career. It just everything slowly and systematically until you actually don't value your self-worth and you're feeling quite insecure. And then by the time you get to that stage, you are discarded and you are just gone like yesterday's newspaper. And that's exactly what happened to me. And when through therapy I understood that this was who my husband was, um, I could see a pattern. And until you see this pattern, um, you don't understand it and you don't understand the cause. And you can frequently remarry again with another narcissist because it's a pattern. And so once I understood it fully, I realised it was my mission in life to help as many men and women out there who have uh, fallen prey to a narcissist because what happens when you do break up, it doesn't matter if you have been together for two years or two days or 25 years, all that matters to the narcissist is them. And they don't care the damage, what they do to the children, damage they do to you. It's their survival that matters. They're not born narcissists. They're not born a narcissist like a sociopath. They're actually damaged during their childhood. And the only way they can actually... Um, cope is by having this armor it's them against the world 
but you don't see that until it's way too late normally and yeah. uh, the damage is yeah so that's what it is sorry I probably went a bit too long there no, no, I was actually gonna say that um, after you define that I've I've seen that in some of my close some of my close um, family members relationships um, I've I've seen that happen do they, and do, go on do they repeat the sorry do, do they repeat the pattern um, the person do I'm talking yeah, so the person I'm talking about, um, they haven't partnered up since the last relationship. Oh, yes, she has. She's partnered up, but I haven't met the person. But the last relationship, um, she didn't realise that she was in a narcissistic relationship until the very end. And then because things that happened, it was kind of like building yourself back up again. Yeah, and that, that's, that's part of what I do. So I do divorce coaching to help women either men or women actually through the divorce and uh, to pre prepare for the divorce but with narcissistic divorces it you have to be so prepared because a lot of the time they use money as a weapon um to hurt you just like my ex did he shipped all this money offshore um because they think of it as their money um it's not our money um so that's one thing i really do help um prepare men and women for divorce and then I also help just a lot of women I'm finding in their 20s and early 30s, just like you said, your friend, recovering from a relationship. And yeah. they're so scarred that they're actually too scared to get out there. And I keep like, you know, part of my work is to your partner is out there. They're out there in five minutes because that's what a narcissist do because they don't truly feel. So if you don't get out there and enjoy life to the best of your ability, they're winning. And that's another part of what I do. So yeah, yeah. that's lovely. Um, now, if someone's listening to this and they wanted to contact you, how would they? They would find me through my website. It's www.megan m e g a n holgate h o l g a t e dot com. Uh, at the moment, I'm based between Byron and Sydney, but I will be in Sydney full time come June. And I'm looking forward to just getting out there and helping as many people as I can. Wonderful. Um, and lastly, would you like to end on a note by saying anything about um, women, women trying to do it all, maybe struggling, and um, if they're a single mother, what they should think of as like a last little advice point? Yeah, sure. I think what I'd really like to help women, doesn't matter if you're married or single um, parent, what I really love you to stop doing is to comparisonitis. I have it and I, you know, we all do it when we see people in either our careers or businesses and we're always measuring up against, you know, oh, look how successful, look what they've done. With single women, specifically stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. And what I'd really like to say is, if, if you are a single parent, wrap yourself in love and look after you because I didn't look after myself. And when my daughter was 18 months old, instead of landing at work on the bus, I ended up in um, an ambulance and I, you know, ended up in emergency and I had a bleeding stomach ulcer because I just wasn't listening to my body and listening to myself. And 
from that day on, I started to, you know, look after myself and have a self-care routine and I started to go to the gym because it's like the analogy when you're on the aeroplane. If you don't give the oxygen to yourself first, how can you properly care for your children and your partner if you have one? So that's one thing I always say, really look after you. I know our children are really important and our partners are, but we're important too and that's what I'd really like to get out there. Oh, and lastly, one thing I'd like to say, if you don't mind, I am launching a book in June. It's called How to Divorce a Narcissist and Not Get Screwed <laughs> because I did. <laughs> and my whole role in the world is to help others. And then, um, yes, I just like to say that. So thank you. <laughs> and where would they find that? Is that going to be on your website or Amazon or? It's going to be on Amazon and it's going to be on my website come June. So. And if I can help any man or woman out there in any way. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of How Do Women Do It All. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Side Hustle, a community of women helping women turn their side hustles into a successful business.